Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. I'm Mark Halpin. I'm Michael Dwyer. This might be a better episode than normal because we'll be warm. Mm. <laughs> We're inside. We're not out in fucking Soviet Russia. <laughs> Night or today, even it's daytime, it's daytime and we're inside. Yeah, we won't know ourselves. We won't. We've yeah. had Christmas by the time this podcast goes out. Happy Christmas, Mark. Happy Christmas, yeah. yeah. Happy Christmas, yeah. Hopefully, Santi Happy didn't Christmas, do well. Lads. And Michal and Scott all is here. He's our father. Christmas, how are you today? <laughs> how are you, lads? How are you getting up? Michal is here to share all from the deep dark world of Michal Oskanal. And the first question we'd like to ask Michal is, What is Brian Dobson like in real life? <laughs> Brian Dobson, uh, do you know what? He's actually he's, he's a very nice man, and I. Mm. I'd say you're probably a bit disappointed that I'm giving some some positive news here, but no, he's he's great. I kind of thought that just because he's so obviously his job is so serious and everything that he wouldn't be so nice and and kind. But he is like the very first day I was in there, he came up and introduced himself, and then a few days later he came in with uh, cupcakes that his daughter had made, wow, and handed yeah. them out and gave me a cupcake. Yeah. And because I actually we're not on air when schools are closed, so we go to a different news desk. And I was actually on the news at one the radio show, which. Which he, which he's the presenter of, yeah. Um, so I was working with him for a week, and yeah, he's lovely. He he judged our Christmas art competition, and yeah, he's a lovely man. Yeah, yeah, surely is. Thorough, honest man as well, and he reminds me of one Liam Dunn, and you have his book there beside you, yes. Michal. So you might just pick it up there and do this okay. beautiful feature there. Right, you the never know. On. Maybe this, he's, Michal's closing his eyes. Yeah, go for it. Out. <laughs> okay. Right. Are you ready? Mm. Yeah. Then Gary Kirby came into view. And just as I was about to go over, because obviously he was disappointed, I saw he had a big bandage on his finger and his arm was in a sling. There you go. More <laughs> tales. Thinking. More tales. <laughs> <laughs> that book is full of tales. It is. It is. Must have said the wrong thing to Liam. It's a... <laughs> Mark, would you like to take the reins for a moment? Burst on forward. Yes, yeah, please like, do. Business. Yeah, you can email Mark, of course, if you have any questions. Mark at paperchooses.com with a C. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Michal, first question. What is your favourite radio station? Oh, <laughs> I could get in trouble here, but... Uh, well, obviously, Southeast Radio, Michael Dwyer's affiliation with them <laughs> down through the years. Um, what I listen in the mornings is Today FM. Uh, Dermot and Dave, oh, I, think, yeah. I think they're brilliant. Ooh. And they're kind of on at nine o'clock and I'd be going to do jobs at that time, so... Uh, yeah, but all of the RT channels are brilliant, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael? Oh. Um, Lyric FM. No, I've gone off Lyric. Uh, no, uh, Radio Nagel took time, go with them. Do you know what they do, Mark, in the morning? Mm-hmm. They, they're old style. Like, uh, their news bulletins are incredible. They name, the, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, they name a re- the referee for the weekend's GA matches. <laughs> Who does that nowadays? <laughs> Who does that? Who, no one do does that. Do they say playing, though? Well, like say Augustinical Mahoney or Hostiburdorn on Rator for that game, like you know. So it's it's very important the referee's appointment. No one else kept, calls that news anymore. Radio Nagueta still do so. Actually, you have me on one now, Mark. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Um, at nine o'clock in the morning, they have the news, right? So that's the national news. Hmm. Then we go to Connemara. And then we have the news from Connemara for four minutes. Then we go to Donegal and we have the Donegal news for four minutes. And then we go down to uh, Cork or somewhere down in the bowels of the south. And that's the news for four minutes. Like We go nationwide for mm. half an hour of a news bulletin. And it's it's a feast of entertainment. Why? What? I don't know. With the weather the other day as well. I was listening to the radio. I don't know what channel, but they were like, and in Bodden Glass, it's currently 14 degrees. <laughs> Why the fuck do I care? Like, tell me yeah. what it is where I am. Or like, just in general, like, 
I had a shocking ass. experience there at Radio Nagelic recently. I was because uh, oh, yeah. I had because basically because I was working in the Irish Independent and my name is Michal Oskanal. Oh yeah, and they're struggling. Like at the moment, there's not too there's not too many lads who who have Irish and especially in the media. So they just Radio Nagelic and TG Cahar just got onto me basically say, "Do you speak Irish?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah," and that was grand anyway over lockdown because I'd be sitting there and. I'd have everything that I was going to say written out in front of me. And I'd wait for the question. The second she'd say, like the Irish Oral almost, I'd just go into the spiel. But then they got me up. They got me up to the studio when the lockdown lifted a bit. And I said, yeah, I'd go in reluctantly. I put her off a few times and I said, right, yeah, I'll go in. <laughs> and he went in and like, I'd say, I, I'd describe my Irish as Luffalifa, which means disgustingly fluent. Right. And that's what it is because I can hold a conversation on, but I'm not great. And I can hold a conversation in like Leinster Irish. I went in anyway. The first thing I did, your man was on the air and he was on the phone to someone. And I went in and I was like, do you agree, Connor's talk to you? And he goes, shh, like, sit down, points at the chair because he was on air, like, I'm after shouting. So that was the first disaster. And then he asked me a question. I, well, first of all, he's talking to a different lad on the phone and I'm thinking, I haven't got a clue what he's saying here because he's speaking in, in Northern Ireland, Irish or Connacht Irish or something, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm thinking, I haven't got a clue what he's saying here. I'm in trouble. And then he comes to me and he's, starts in this question in Northern Ireland accent and I haven't a clue what he's saying. So I ha- I hear Donald Trump anyway. So I just start saying stuff that I know about <laughs> Donald Trump and Irish. Oh, disaster. I came out there. I've never been so red-faced in my whole life. And his face the whole way through, like he was so angry at me. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's his radio program and I'm after coming on and <laughs> making a bit of a show. But, oh, I've never been more embarrassed in my life walking out. Terrible. <laughs> 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 Well. Were you using like Shanukal uh, phrases to describe Donald Trump and all? No, but like, yeah, no, was, I was terrible. And I won't say it as well. I went to say, do I use for penalties, Pinos, right? And I went to say penalty. And I, I, when I say I was a dasser, I did all right, but I did two out of ten, like, but I went to say this and I was thinking, is it Pinos? And I was thinking, if it's not Pinos, that word's too close to penis to say <laughs> if it's not right. Yeah. If it's right, it's grand. But if I say this word, that that isn't the word for penalty and also sounds quite a bit like... So I had to just say it in English and I, I said, blah, 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 Irish, penalty, blah, blah. And your man just looks at me and say, why are you in my studio? Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a big sign. Neil, you have so many stories from your life. Actually, a few months ago, Grohl Cullen said to me, you know, you should have me Oskanal on because... Um, you know, the amount of stories that you have. He mentioned one about a taxi driver. And I remember... Oh, no, sorry. I was just... Oh, you on, don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you remember the story about the taxi driver? I think this got the headlines or something. No? Taxi driver? Yeah. You may you may refresh no. my memory there. Well, I can't because Groh said, no, no, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story. Michal will tell you it. Um, but never mind. <laughs> it was something about overcharging or something? No. I have no idea what that is. No. Sorry, Michael. Grow right into us. Letters <laughs> to the editor of Paper Tuesdays. Have you another question there? Uh, Michal, who is, is or was your favourite Late Late Show host? Oh. oh, oh. Uh, I would like Gay Byrne was obviously like, it's kind of, when you think of Late Late, you think of Gay Byrne and he was brilliant and everything, but uh, I don't have any memory of him really doing the Late Late, so the only ones I have to go on is uh, Pat Kenny <laughs> and Ryan Tuberty. And I, t- uh, I have to say Ryan Tuberty. I think yeah. I think he's actually very good at the job, especially the toy show. I think he's actually, and because I'm in kids news and all that kind of, there's a bit of a crossover there. I actually think he's really good at doing the toy show. Mm. And like Brian Dobson, he's actually a lovely man. Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to say Ryan Tuberty. Mm. Very good shout. I'm going to be controversial. You know me and controversy, Mike. Mm. I, I, I invited on myself. 
I think we haven't had the best Late Late Show host yet. Oh. And I think we will see it in our lifetime. You? No. Oh, okay. um, I think it'll be a woman. <gasps> have you a woman in mind? Well, actually, let me go through it. Yes, I do. But let me go through it. Just, Ryan Tuberty is great, but he's doing... He's working solid Monday to Friday. I know it's an hour on talk show, but he gives it his all for the hour. And then he's to go on Friday and then he's to sit in front of the nation for three hours on live television. I just think, you know, it's too much for one man. Just split the work hold. Come on, let's let's go that way. And Deering Garrahy said a few years ago that she she would uh, aims to be the Late Late Show host. And I can see her doing that. I think she would fill that role. And yeah, I'm, I'm back in Deering. There you go. Yeah. Mark, Pat Kenny, you're pro Pat. Pat. I'm pro Pat. I love Pat Kenny. But uh, for, in terms of the toy show, yeah, definitely Ryan Dumbly. Pat and children don't mix well. <laughs> <laughs> There's no accusation in that or anything. It's just no, no, no. Ryan's more of a jovial character. If than anyone Pat has Pat seen Moore. David McSavage over the years and mm. the Pat Kenny. And the, uh, oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. Oh, have you not? Well, oh. you should look that up anyway. <laughs> um, four or, yeah, three Me Hall, Wexford or Cork? Oh. Cork and Cork, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no, I was raised on. I was raised on going to Cork matches. Like so, before I knew, before I even lived in Wexford, like I was living in Arklow, and uh, the greatest spot on earth. And <laughs> and like I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't even know what Wexford hurling was. All I knew was how much enjoyment I got out of going to Cork matches with my dad. So yeah, there's no. And like obviously, when Wexford are playing, because I I have a vested interest there, and I know a few lads on the team, I want the very best for them. But um, oh no, hundred percent, hundred percent Cork, yeah. What is it about Cork Hurl? Is it the stories, the lore, the his tradition? Well, you know, like it's Michael, it's just when you grow up going to the, you know, standing in the Townsend Terrace in, in Thurless or in, or the, you know, the city end in Parky Cueve with your like it's just those memories that you've forged. And also like my Owlad wouldn't let me support Wexford, like he wouldn't let me not support Cork because as well he had, he had five children and the two oldest sons have very little interest in hurling and he's a big hurling man, like he loves hurling. So when I came along and I was happy to go along to all the matches with him, he uh he he wouldn't let me not go. So yeah, no, it's just more so the kind of that relationship that I have with my father. That's kind of forged, and it is very much forged around around Cork. That's what our thing is like. Uh, every summer, our thing is going down to going down to Tarlis or going down to Cork, and we go to every single Cork Ireland Championship match. Like right. we don't we don't miss one. Um. So yeah, it's definitely that. And then as well, there is the whole history associated with Cork. Like you saw the the um Christy Ring documentary on Thursday there was brilliant like and there is that whole kind of culture about Cork and I often do kind of there's a part of me that would have loved to have grown up in Cork but uh yeah and what what is it about Cork we've discussed Cork before did you hear what we'd compared Cork to no what was that ah the Texas of Ireland wasn't that it's right the Texas of Why Ireland is that? it's its own little republic inside of Ireland it, it is yeah it's kind of if, if you're from Cork it's Cork it's Cork first and like that would be the same with my father like he's <laughs> say if you're watching an Ireland match and there aren't enough Munster players in the team he'd nearly want Ireland to do badly so that <laughs> the Munster lads will get a better chance or yeah it's, just, it's, it's Cork first with Cork people and that's, that's just the way it is where yeah. is your dad from what, is there, he's, he's is from regional he's, specific no he, he's from Ballinlock in, in Cork City alright so yeah so he, he would have grown up and like it was tough times growing up in, in Cork City in those days like they had very little like my father would have told me stories of kind of going in when the when the coal ships were coming into lock they'd come in and yeah. they'd wait for the lads to drop the coal into the bags and any coal that fell on the ground they'd all scuttle around and he said there'd be yeah. hundreds of kids there and they'd be scuttling around trying to grab a piece of coal put it into the bags to, to come home so that you'd have you'd have heat in the house because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't and yeah like it's it, very very tough times growing up in Cork City well in some parts of Cork City anyway yeah. um, 
and kind of yeah that's that's kind of something my father's kind of instilled in me as well and just that that underdog spirit as well do you get his playfulness uh, i would describe you throughout school actually michael i'm not sure if we can go there but do you remember when we had a scuffle in secondary school? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, I was too. <laughs> With a scuffle, about, a physical fight. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I think we were mock fighting. No, it wasn't a scuffle. Is this why we got called up to Mr. Finn's yeah. Well, I think you're going to tell the story very differently to me now. Yeah, well, maybe so, because everyone else thought that I was too in... I was um, too invested in it, so maybe that is the case. Yeah, um, no, I remember what happened. So, at the time, there was a big craze around school to remember pocketing. Yes. So he yeah, used yeah, to, yeah, he used to, yeah. and actually it's crazy to think really because our parents were buying these shirts for us and we were just ruining them on a daily basis. And you go around and you have ten pockets in your in your in your trouser pocket yeah. like at the end of the day. But I remember I saw you and you were kind of the model student. You were the you were the model of presentation in school as well. You had the tie perfect. You had the blade. You were one of the few who wore the blade. Well, you were one of the few kind of GA lads who would have worn the blazer, and yeah, it was perfect. And I remember, I went up. It was down by the the gab bench, as it was called. I went up and I pocketed you, and the look yeah. of pure disdain in your eyes. And I remember everyone around thinking, "You don't do that to Michael Dwyer of anyone." Yeah, and so then you grabbed my tie because that was another yes. thing. Then you pulled my tie, yes. and Mister Finn came out as you did it, yeah, and caught you in the act, and he was shocked as well. Yeah, so he called you in, and I remember you held up the pocket, and you said, "No, sir, he pulled my pocket out first no I way like I don't rat. remember yeah. that some rat. righteous yeah. indignation yeah Michael but Dwyer. then do you remember I remember being a Mr. Finn I wasn't a great student I was kind of like I wasn't I, some people always describe themselves as like the bald kid in, co- in school like take pride out of being the class clown no, I wasn't that but I just wasn't particularly good and I was probably talked a bit too much and got in a bit of trouble but I definitely wasn't a uh, student of the year material and I remember we were in the office and Mr. Finn said now boys uh, I'm very disappointed very disappointed you were both in line for student of the year this year and I was I remember thinking yeah Michael yeah I was, oh. I was chuffed you were probably bitterly disappointed walking out there because he was after putting a bit of a, a nail in your student of the year hopes and I walked out there thinking Jesus I'm being considered for student of the year this is brilliant like but yeah that was I think that's how it went I think you held up the pocket and said but sorry well you can't you can't wipe away that that is that's shocking that's, well you uh, did get student of the year in the end didn't you yeah but it was never yeah yeah and I was never in his fucking office and I didn't get student of the year <laughs> Bullshit. Right, me all next question. What was your what is your favourite part about Harlem for the Mellows? Oh uh, scoring goals. Scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, I love scoring goals. I'm not a very good hurler at all, but I just uh I'm alright at if <laughs> I suppose as well because I always find myself in the junior B Harlan team because I'm not good at Harlan, which means the full forward chances are the full forward invariably can't catch the ball. So the ball always drops down and I just love Following that in, getting on it and scoring a goal and giving it loads for the Mellows, yeah. But uh, that's about it because we don't have, it's not like we have all that much success to toast or. No, we don't. I, it's the threat of violence as well, I suppose, that really fires you up, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. The yeah. fight or flight is definitely a factor of Junior B Harlem for the Mellows. Yeah. But uh, no, Michal's a good man for a rebound, all right. Yeah. He's the post that's going back in. Scuttery goals. goals. Uh, do you prefer the sport of boxing or MMA? Oh. Uh, that's very interesting because I wouldn't be hugely into either now to be honest with you but when I was uh, when Conor McGregor was coming to the fore as, as everyone in Ireland was I was a massive Conor McGregor fan and kind of started to get into MMA a little bit then uh, but I, I, I've utter disdain for him now I don't like the man at all but uh, yeah uh, I probably would prefer MMA if I, if I had to pick one of the two I think there's just a bit more to it I think boxing can be a bit 
personally I think find it a bit boring sometimes. Mm. Uh, but then again, we have our own Basil Kendi in the boxing, which is, is so we're invested there a little bit, and at least we have someone to cheer on. Uh, yeah, definitely, Michael. Um, I haven't immersed myself too much in MMA, um, but I I love the Are you a team boxer, Michael. Well, I I was engrossed in Basil fight, and I was gutted by it. I was, but uh, you, yeah, I don't know. I uh, it's hard to know. I think. It, Previously it would have been boxing. For some reason it just seemed to me like there was more class about boxing. I love MMA. I do jujitsu myself. But uh, boxing has gone to the dogs I think in the past year. I think it's become sort of a joke with the YouTubers coming in. Lads who haven't actually... Maybe it's wrong of me to think this but they've only boxed for maybe two years. They've got all this sort of money and they've bought the best coaches they went out and they've gotten undercards like Jake Paul and fucking KSI and things like that and you see Jake Paul calling out Conor McGregor who is like whatever what about his personality he spent his whole life fighting and this is what he does and to think that you can box for two years and go and fight he is without a doubt you can say whatever you want about his character but his actual skill level is incredible the amount of time he's put into fighting is unbelievable and for me someone or me anyone someone who hardly fought to go and call him out is absolutely ludicrous. Would you uh, fancy your chances against Jake Paul in an MMA fight? MMA fight? No, probably not. That man is in extreme shape. He's you, very good. He's a very good boxer too. He probably knocked me out before I got close to him. You commented on McGregor's skill there. Where does he get that from? I know his background is, you know, like, what? I, I don't know much about his background, mm. but where, where does he get that skill from? The hours he puts in. In MMA? Like, Do you see the stats he put up recently about like how much time he spends sparring for this Dustin Poirier fight? Or is it, I don't know, it's Dustin Poirier. He's fighting someone soon anyway. But he's put in something like 75 hours or something for this camp of just sparring. Like that's not taking breaks around. Like the minutes he's put in added to an incredible amount. Yeah. So like that's where his skill level comes from is the time he's put into it. So that's why I'm saying that. But the root of my question is like 10 years ago or seven years ago, was he doing MMA as well, or was he? Oh yeah, yeah, McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been doing like it. it's it, so he's been focused on that. It's just I'm curious, like you know the way the, it seems like jujitsu. There's a lot more. Um, I, I I don't know. Is there a crossover bit when someone like just grows up uh, training in jujitsu or whatever to become a mixed martial arts professional in the future, or is it that you train in the MMA and continue? I think most people are a specialist in one thing. Like, there's a lot of people like Israel Adesanya is a kickboxer first who went into MMA. And then, like, there's other people then who are jujitsu wrestlers first and then they go into MMA. And then there's people who just do MMA as well. It's kind of a mixture. It's a mixed bag. But McGregor, I think, was sort of always MMA. And he was doing that before there was any Irish people in um, the UFC or any of that. So, yeah, that's how long he's been doing it. Cool. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, I'm just Michael. going to make sure. Uh, yeah, I've learned a lot there. He has I'm a book, Michael, to... actually, if you want to. Israel. Or no, Conor McGregor, if you want to. Oh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> Should dive in over Christmas. All right, uh, next question. Uh, what's your favourite day out or event to attend? Oh, I'd have to say a Munster final down in Tardis. Uh, yeah. Solid question, Michael. Mm. Ask. My favourite. <laughs> My favourite day out. My favourite day out. That's a great question. Um, what's yours, Mark? I'm, <laughs> there's too many. Uh, um, the field day in Castletown. <laughs> That's a great day. To name one. Uh, what else? I like the Market House Festival. Right. It's not really a day out. It's more of a night out. Yeah. Um, what else? I can't really think of any. Stephen's Day in the Anchor is great. Yeah. It's I I love Croken. I love climbing Croken. Mountain, not a day. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you know, but you like to spend the day 
in the mountains. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. We'll take that. Yeah. Uh, Mial, who's your childhood hero? Oh, uh, David Attenborough, I'd say. Really? Yeah, he's actually kind of, yeah, he's the reason I'm probably doing journalism now. I've always loved him because I always loved animals. And so I, I went on this kind of, I wanted, I wanted to be David Attenborough first and then I thought, oh, sure, I can't do that. How so old I were said, you then? Oh, well, as long, as long as I remember, he would have been my, well, obviously, like you're talking hurlers and stuff like that as well. But yeah, I would have, I would have loved David, I would have loved animals, loved, loved everything David Attenborough kind of made. So then I said, right, I'll be a vet. And then I wasn't smart enough. But I remember in school, like saying, say, literally saying, oh, I'd love to do what David Atmer does. And I, I remember being kind of told, ah, you can't, come on, dream on, like kind of thing. Think, think of something a bit more realistic. And so I, I put down science on my CAO. And thank God I didn't get, I, f- I was five points off. And, uh, and like journalism, journalism was an afterthought because I was thinking, well, I've been told that that's really unattainable. Like, so I'll just go do science like my sister did because I don't really know what else to do. Thank God I didn't get it because I wasn't smart enough. But uh, yeah, so David Attenborough, yeah, he was the reason I got into journalism because I kind of, I've always wanted to pursue that career making documentaries. And now my interest has kind of gone from making animal documentaries to making documentaries about other things. But still, he would be the, he's the reason I'm kind of doing what I'm doing now. I remember when you were in third year here and I didn't hear through yourself. I heard, oh, I think me, Alice Collins says he wants to be a journalist. And I said, journalist, all right. And it's funny how things have panned out and you have actually attained that. And now, like, you are an RTE journalist. It's it's amazing. It is funny because if you took when we were in school and he said, who, who, who'd be the journalist? Like, your, your money would be on you. Like, because you were kind of, you were doing bits in journalism when you were still in school and things like. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But clipboard. to me, well, what is journalism? A clipboard, yes. Clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> clipboard warrior. Uh, yeah. MMA warrior. <laughs> but to Irish me, what... <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> um, to me, what is journalism? Like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I even think, consider this podcast as a form of journalism. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So like, um, but yes, I understand your, your point. But uh, what I think you have really excelled in, in aspiring towards vision of like you know presenting the news you have to have that vision that that guts that uh, determination to attain that goal don't you oh absolutely yeah because like i've been i've never been like i've never been that good at, at any at anything really but i've always the only thing i've been good at is kind of having an end goal and being able to see what the next step is or being able to see what a next smart step would be kind of so like when, when i was in college i was never i was oh geez i wasn't even near the top of the class in college or i wasn't writing the best stories or anything like that but i was able to see that okay, if I do this, that will get me an opportunity then to do that once mm-hmm. I do that well. So then I did that. And then say like, for example, doing that, just doing that stuff with sports. So I, I was telling you earlier on that I did, I did 10 weeks work with sports. So that he like, say even doing that, like that was, I didn't get paid for that. That was free work. Or like I used to Marie Crow. I got a contact off her. She, I got someone put me in contact with her and she's a sports journalist. And, uh, just did like kind of work experience with her for free and I was able to see that even though I'm not nowhere near the best journalist in my class like like nowhere near it if I do this work and I go to the Irish Independent because we have to do an internship at the end of our course if I go to the Irish Independent for uh to apply for this internship and they see that I've done this they're going to be more impressed with that than the person who's writing all the articles for the College View so then Mm. through that I got that job in the Independent and then I was able to see do you know what I mean if I kind of apply myself here while I'm in the independent, I'll be able to get this job in RT. So I, I've never been actually that good at, at what I do, but I've just been good at knowing kind of the right steps to take, I you, suppose. That street smartness about you, you know, that, you know, you're able to put in the graft and know what steps are the right ones. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's kind of. I, I'm not sure. Do you know Ross Munley? He's a he's a footballer Leash. for Leash. Yeah, he's a he's a stalwart for Leash now. I think he's who's it? His 16 championship percent, 18 championship this year actually. Uh, and I think he's he's played every single championship game, maybe bar one in that time. He's he, yeah, Leash legend anyway. But he was so so. The, geez, this is a long winded story now. But the way I got into it was I wrote an article for the College View, which was our local our college newspaper, and it was about Paul Boyle, and it was about how. We have this this wonderful rugby player, and not just Paul Boyle. I remember at DCU at the time had like, I'm going to say five or six Ireland underage internationals, and and a heap more interprovincial um, representatives. Like, and none of them were playing for the co- for the college rugby team. Paul Boyle went to training. Uh, Paul Boyle, who is now captain of Connacht tomorrow in the Champions Cup, went to train with DCU, and because he wasn't in that kind of. South, South Dublin Schools Boys Club he didn't play they didn't bring him on in the first game for DCU so he said right fuck this I'm not going to play for that university and I basically wrote an article about how DCU weren't uh, helping these lads out to get not even to get on the team but helping them out with their college helping them out with these kind of things and how they could have a brilliant rugby team and I got in the world of trouble for it. everyone the college view were ringing me uh, the like representatives of the university board were ringing me like I was getting these calls constantly and I was obviously bricking it so anyway Ross Munley at the time was sports uh, sports relations officer in DCU and he called me up and basically because the agreement was that because I'd wronged DCU in this way I had to write a positive article about the sports development service in DCU but when I got talking to him he just took a liking to me and he was the man who kind of put me to get back to the original point about taking these steps he was the man who put me in that kind of mind frame that look you, you get what you can get right right and you don't worry about a lot of people kind of like say you want to be the president of Ireland a lot of people are thinking I need to I need to be the president of Ireland and they're thinking about that but actually to be the president of Ireland first you need to make a name for yourself maybe in politics so you need to get into local politics and that's the baby step that you take so he was the one who kind of got me into the mind frame that okay if this is what you want to do you don't need to be thinking about doing this you need to be thinking about the bottom what's going to get you one step up on the ladder and then after that what's going to get you the next step up on the ladder the next step up on the ladder that's kind of just the way I think and like yeah so so I just kind of everything I do I'm kind of thinking about just getting a tiny bit further ahead and a tiny bit further ahead until the point that I am where I want to be that's a beautiful honest soliloquy that was beautiful <laughs> yeah but it, it sums up and I know from I'm sure Mark can pick uh, comparisons as well but like uh, when I think back on when I started like just writing articles or whatever um, there was a teacher who's now admin with the County Wexford Senior Footballers Donald Howland and he he told me when you're putting in a match report put in the clubs of the players it was such a simple little thing but it's that level of detail then that you know it, it leads to uh, more carefulness maybe and more um focus on your work then later on so it's those little things at the early days that can really steer you along the right course uh when it comes to it um now you're getting you're diving deep into the world of journalism yes, Mark. I was do, actually do you think you'll be an anchorman one day i was man. just about to ask the anchorman <laughs> <laughs> like wh- because obviously myself and michael had well you were doing journalism when you were in secondary school and i'm doing journalism now mm. having having done this podcast is it is it something that interests you yeah, it, it is. Um, there's more to it than I originally thought. I just thought that, like you know, journalism where uh, there's a quote by I can't remember who it was, but it's that the the critic is someone who stands watching the battle and shoots the survivors, and that's why I sort of saw a journalist journalists as was critics. But it's actually not the what I love about this is being like able to have this sort of conversation with you and you talking about strategy there, 
like that's important and it's something we all understand but we don't really think about the whole time but when someone is articulating it back to you you're able to absorb it better because it's something you know yourself and to hear from someone who's actually implemented it and to hear mm. them describe it back to you what they've done it sort of reassures you and you know you gain that knowledge as well mm. and talking to people that have th- these values and ideas is really important because I think that people are infectious and you're sort of like you're the sum of the people you spend time with the people you listen to and if you listen to people give these positive um sort of stories and things like that like when we talk to Basil we talk to Connor Mack we talk to these sorts of people they influence you which is what I love about this podcast and then you have like a flood as well so <laughs> it's a nice mixture <laughs> Lads, I tell you, I am sick of him now. This Buff Egan fella, the man is a walking contradiction, right? Saturday he goes from praising Dublin to all their great people and the hurlers are deadly and fair play to the young lad beating Wexford. That was Friday night. Saturday then, he's there. Oh, they're only winning All-Ireland because of, of the money. Now... The hurlers and footballers are all part of the same prize pot up there, so like I don't I don't get the man. And then you've all the stuff with Holy Parkinson during the week. Like it's it's got to the stage now. The man is just somebody needs to sit him down and say, Look, think before you type, maybe. But I, I've I've had to unfollow him now. I'm I'm I can't stand him anymore. He's just He's he's a pain in the hole is the long and the short of Buff Egan. Wow. We I expected that. Buff Egan won't sleep tonight now that James Rose is We were I, only talking about Buff Egan earlier. We were. Yeah. We were. I love Buff. So yeah. I do, yeah. I think he's I great. He's a journalist as well. Yeah, oh absolutely. <laughs> but you're like he brings he brings more GA he brings GA news to more people than I'd say most yeah. journalists in the country. Yeah, he does. He brings colour to to the game as well, you know. Uh, I was astounded by his uh, statement, though. What was it yesterday? Uh, the financial doping. That's what he accused Dublin of. Financial doping. Of six that's in a row. That's some yeah. burden, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm bold. Up. Sorry, me. Go on. No, no. I, you just. I think you just have to take Buff Egan kind of for what he is, and he's he's a brilliant GA man. And like, if you if you're getting too upset about his opinions, then you probably need to have a look at yourself, like. But I, I think Buffy Egan, I've been at matches and Buffy Egan just gets the world of abuse. Like, mm. um, and you've seen that video before of lads just picking on him and he turns around and he says, have you never seen that video? There's a video of him and he, he's at the match and lads are just picking on him, like throwing things at him, pulling at him. He turns around, he gets real mad and then the crowd's all laughing at him and all. And like, I just don't, I just don't see why. Like you have this lad who's promoting your game and he, he just loves doing what he's doing and he's causing no harm to anyone. And I don't see why lads like James Flood have to <laughs> go on ranting about him. No, I, I think Buffy Egan's a great man. This guy now strikes back. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that, you said there, no harm. Isn't that a lovely attribute? of Because there is no harm meant by him. He just go, comes from Kerry and goes to a club match, be it Ballyhale versus Navin in 2018. Like he just, he just goes for the love of I don't know, for the love of sport and the love of... He's very entertaining as well, is the other thing. Like, all his woos and the claps and the shucky quack quack and all that. How can you hate him? How can you hate him? Like, there's no hate in that man's body, I don't think. Mm. And, like, he doesn't give it back. Like, as you were saying, the amount of abuse he gets and he just doesn't get angry over it. I don't know how. Like, Mm. fair play to him. 
Yeah. You're wrong, James. And I've actually <laughs> had this argument with James before that the Buff is a great man. Yeah. And he won't listen to me. I love how, like, these things with James, they might have cropped up a conversation and then they just come back to the surface. Like, I've months ago spoken to him about Buff Egan and now it comes back up and it rises down again. I'm sure it'll return. But yeah, I think we're, we're all uh, agreeing that we disagree and uh, discount this week's flash flood. Yeah, definitely. That's well, I, yeah. I will go on the record to say that I do love the flash flood. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great element to this well, podcast. You'd appreciate that. You <laughs> would, you would, you would, and you can email Flashflood, of course. It's Flashflood at paperchooses.com. Question nine, <laughs> Mial, if you could have covered one historical event as it happened in the past, which Ooh. one would you choose? Oh, that's actually yeah, that's really that's a really interesting question actually because I often talk to like say people in in work like even my editor on my show, she would have worked in Northern Ireland during during the troubles and and things like that, and. Yeah, if I if I and I'm always in awe of those situations. And if I had to pick one, like from a very selfish point point, I'd probably go and cover a Dubliner's uh, session just because I'd like to hear it. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But if I if I had to pick, gee, you'd have to go for a big one, wouldn't you? You'd have to go for like, I don't know, World War Two or something, something, something right. huge. Like, but but then again, like it's mad at the moment. Work like I'm I'm a I'm a journalist during COVID nineteen, which I think is is absolutely mental like and I was a journalist during a, a really unprecedented general election there and they are it, it is a great time to be a journalist as well but yeah I'd say what would I what would I ah no do you know what I, I'd be I'd be I'd, I'd be in the GPO in, in 1916 I think and I, I'd, I'd cover that 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 would be that would be mad I like, imagine heart, and yeah. your name would be part of the history then as well mm. this article from Michal Oskanal yeah. yeah I think i go for that Michael that's beautiful um yeah, I'm taking it back now about that, Michal. Um You tugged up my heartstrings. Um, I was going to say follow the Berlin Wall because you oh, could actually cool. see it unfold yeah. in front of you and the people and the ecstasy and, the, you know, the symbolism of the moment. Um, yeah, to see that unfold before my eyes, that would be unbelievable. Um, Mark? Uh, probably when we found that The Undertaker and Kane were brothers in SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> Question number 10, Michal. The best present you ever got off Santi? Oh, off Santi. Uh, let me think I remember I was only thinking yesterday Just I'm just going to talk here while I think because I haven't got an answer but I remember I was uh, have, uh, have we got children listeners? well not anymore we lost I them I gave away Santa yeah. okay. well I'll, I'll say this throw them out of the car if you have them now. I remember yeah. I asked for a Nintendo DS off Santi yeah and uh, and I didn't I got a keyboard one year and I was so disappointed I was and I remember crying on Christmas morning like how could Santi do this to me and oh. I just and I just thinking now looking back how that must have hurt Santi's feelings oh, yeah. do you know what I mean seeing me yeah. all excited about looking down on me and then I open this present and I'm oh. bitterly disappointed oh. and Santi must have just felt horrible have you ever but had anyway. a Santi to Santi chat about that or anything no uh, no no. maybe no. on front of this podcast you'll sit down <laughs> with Santi and you know trash it out yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah the best present actually do you know what best present I ever got off Santi then the, the following year I got Nintendo <laughs> DS <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it oh brilliant <laughs> Michael um, uh, do you know what it's such a simple thing but it'll always stand about in my memory I love getting a bike and it was behind the sofa, but Santi was so big that he, he. Did you ever have this massive copper wire that covered your fireplace? No, no, like that. 
like that, but not a fire grid like this was massive. It went. My mother was very safety conscious, and I covered the whole of the fireplace. It came out. Oh, of I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And one Sandy of those, yeah. was so big that that had fallen down, and the spike was around at the other side of the sofa hall, lads. Wow. I don't know the gem of that. I love that. I love that. So I, I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think back yeah a bike um, but there was always things like he'd have the trampoline ready made outside yeah, like he was yeah. some man but like the excitement of the carrot being eaten by Rudolph oh, half eaten and how uh, much did he have and yeah um, but that is the magic of Christmas and do you know what that something that you know changes like even we've discussed before I think last week with um, the elf on the shelf thing you know how that wasn't part of our childhoods but like when you think of even the presents that we got as children, like you got, you would have got Playstations, obviously, Mark. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, but like, uh, Michal, what things come up? Like, uh, for some reason, I can't really remember any of my big, pre- any like big presents. I would always, the, the stocking I always remember because I just love fun things, but I don't mm. actually, I can't actually recall in the moment, like right now, I can't really recall any. I remember getting these know. handheld TV consoles that play, um, Clips of I don't know SpongeBob or t- cartoons anyway, but like it was a grainy picture and like that was the start of. Well, sure, you wouldn't give a child that now. You give an iPad, you know. Like it's it's mad how we've seen just through simple little things like that the 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 development technology and I suppose the the generosity of our parents through the generations as well. Yeah. Next question, <laughs> Michal, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles? Oh, again, it's like the MMA in the boxing. I would be. Hugely entitled. I suppose I I'd have to say the Beatles because there'd be a few songs by the Beatles on my on my playlist. Like, but yeah, I actually I couldn't name a single Rolling Stone song to be honest, Mark. Yeah, I'm probably the same as well. I just thought that this because I used Oasis or Blur before, and that seems to be the last. So, Michael and yourself, the Beatles. I because we actually did you do music for Leave and Sort? I did for Junior Sort. For Junior Sort, all right. Well, we did it for Leave and Sort, and and the Beatles and their ability to seize a generation's attention and to bring music forward was highlighted back then. You know what they did with music and their albums. I think we studied Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and their their ability to. Um, Bring music into a new area, a new realm. That's what I commend. I'm backing the Beatles. Me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could start again as a baby, knowing everything you know now, would you? Wow. I asked someone this very recently. Really? And yeah, I asked, I asked Rachel, my girlfriend, this very recently. And oh, I don't know. So, are you a baby? And, and like, do you know everything that's going on? Like, so... Like, is it basically, literally, you take my mindset, you take yeah. my mind, my my brain, and mm. just put it in a baby? Yeah. <sighs> See, I don't know. Because there's a lot of shit you'd have to put up with as a baby that you'd absolutely hate. Mm. People touching you all the time and breastfeed wouldn't be great. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? Like, there'd be, there'd be an awful lot of stuff. I think for the first... Four years of your life would be torture, but then after that you'd be a prodigy. You'd be, do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> you'd, be, yeah. you'd be genius, and you could be so rich. I, t- do you know what? I think I'd put it up. I put up with it. Four years of hardship. Yeah, yeah. You'd be a nightmare for your teachers as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Michael. I'm actually. I want to hear your answer first, back. My answer. You've seen a child in its earliest development at the moment in your niece. Mm. So. Do you like you've spoken even before about how she is learning all the time in her sight of new things and everything? Mm. Like, I, I that's a beautiful stage of development. It's hard to imagine someone who's oh, yeah, seen that, got the t shirt, and you know, doesn't have the same element of awe about their everyday life. Well, you see, you could use it for extreme manipulation either if you were maybe <laughs> like, 
like you know, I see how like my father is with you know his first yeah. grandchild and by fuck like if I was knew what was going on there and like I could get whatever I wanted when I was a baby like Jesus Christ there's no end to what I could do like but then again you think back to I actually would have been a strong yes on this until me Hall brought up breastfeeding and now there's just there's no fucking way I'll never go back <laughs> I, I'm overwhelmed by the photos on the wall here as well it's just full of babies that I'm now imagining like these children that have already like learnt Pythagoras' theorem and everything they know it all they're yeah, ready for it you know there I was before I knew Pythagoras' theorem <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is the end of my section of the show well I, I'm going to take a quick toilet break with that and I'll break. follow you then <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good wait you <laughs> Oh, fair play, Michal. This is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no, because I, like... I didn't know what to expect because now that you, I'm not sure if I'll be using this or not, but like working in RT, it's very hard, I'd say, to be on your authentic self. Yeah, well, that's that's very true. And actually, just between myself and yourself, if you okay, just... Robbie, please cut this. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I suppose you don't need to really. Actually, do you know what? leave it in. Uh, yeah. Well, like especially because I'm on children's news. I yeah. like you. You just can't be. Like, you have to remember, I'm a 23-year-old boy. Oh, Jesus, I'm 24. I always forget my age and I hate how old I'm getting. I hate it. I just want to be young. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> You've just seen my biggest insecurity unfold there. No, I'm sorry. I'm 22. And, <laughs> and yeah, as, as a young lad, like... You, you, like you get up to mischief like you, I'm still young and you do get up to antics and you do get up to mischief but like you just can't especially as an as a as a children's news TV presenter like if you you can't that can't get out like that yeah. that that kind of stuff is the stuff that has to just stay personal to you because like imagine you were watching news news today like and the next thing you hear, oh, geez, that lad's after doing this or that lad's after doing that. And, it, and like, I'm not saying now I'm doing anything wild, but just regular stuff that people my age do. It's just not appropriate for them really to know about. Uh, so, yeah, you do you do have to kind of have that veil of, of kind of innocence over you, I suppose. Yeah, beautiful. With more to cover. <laughs> um, so is that like a fear? No, I'm fine. Thanks, Michael. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank is you. there like a fear then of the sort of cancel culture within your job? Uh, I'm not afraid of like people trying to cancel me on Twitter or anything like that because mm. as far as like, I I don't like I'm not racist or homophobic or I don't have any prejudices so I'm not mm. going to be cancelled for for doing something that will hurt another person mm. so and then after that if I'm doing something that will hurt me and someone tries to cancel me sure I don't care that's me they can they can do what they want but just in terms of like if I do something stupid everyone I'm going to walk up to RT and everyone's going to be like oh here's this lad you know this mm. that what or like you know anything like when I was in the independent if I had done something stupid and walked up and people would be thinking Jesus this is this lad's making a show of us kind of so mm. rather than actually being afraid of pe- of the can- of being cancelled it's more mm. so just being afraid of people thinking I'm an idiot like yeah yeah that's it another thing is like so like I'd say stupid stuff on this podcast the whole time that within context is fine it's a joke if you were to see some of the stuff I've said on this written down, that's another story. So that is that like something you would ever worry about? Like say, something coming back that's taken out of context. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I would. I would be worried about this. People say there's a thing. What is it? Uh, when when will the thing that ends your career happen or something like that? There, yeah. That's a thing, and I often think like there's there's plenty of things that I've done in the past that could potentially end my career that are just very that like to me or you. If I showed you. Uh, outside of the, outside of a, a workplace environment or whatever you say oh that's not I'm, I don't care that's not that interesting but just mm-hmm. if if 
if it got shared online and said RTE presenter does this, people just wouldn't be happy with it, even though no one would actually care. Mm. But it's kind of people attached to it. So there are things that like if if it was taken out of context, like you. Mm. Uh, yeah, it could it could ruin my career, which is which is mad. Like, yeah, it, it's it shouldn't be that way. I don't know because a lot of it is exactly what you said. If you actually look at it from the viewpoint of reality, it's fine. And like you see people, then um, I don't know if you know like comedians in America, but there's people like Brian Callen. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. And he's like had to be he's been cancelled off all these podcasts and stuff for accusations of stuff he's actually been shown not to have done. But he's like had to leave that podcast. He does what your man Brendan Schaub because of it but it's just it's recreational outrage and it's the way things are going unfortunately people that don't have any discernible skills or talents call out people who do because it gets them a bit of attention yeah yeah 100% and like yeah and like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly worried because I have I've never done anything that I would see as morally wrong do you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. I've never done anything that keeps me up at night that I think Jesus I should I just should not have done that maybe when I was a young lad there's things I've said or done that I don't I don't feel now and but then again when you're when you're a chap you're a chap like and, mm. and you just have to learn from those mm. but at the same time like i'm i'm working for rte like people are people i'm getting paid by people's taxes like do you know what i mean it's it's it so i kind of just do have to be the the model citizen as well like because people are paying my wages and that's and that's something you just have to accept that's that's only fair enough because if I'm paying, if if my tax are going to someone else and they're acting the bollocks, like I'm not going to be happy with them in that job either. So mm. it is just part of the job that that I do have to accept. But yeah, that is that that kind of whole that cancel culture things like that. Mm. Uh, yeah, it is. And see, you're you're kind of lucky in the situation that those things, if they get taken out of context by you, you can just, do you know what I mean? You can just publish the full, the full clip Keep and say, well, clip or yeah, something, th- yeah. this is actually where it came from. But you do see the whole time that people kind of get caught awry and then at the same time i think it's good that people that people are critical as well because mm. that's the only way that things get better that's the only way that situations improve is is when people when you do something that's that's not right that people do call you out on it and i think mm. for years especially in ireland a lot of things happened that that people didn't well actually do you know what an awful lot of things happened in ireland for years and years and years that no one ever called out because of fear yeah um, and i think it is good also that we're kind of a, a critically thinking uh, country now that we can call people out but sometimes it does just go a bit too far yeah you have seen all signs of journalism at the moment with going from the Irish Independent to News Today like Irish Independent you have to be quick you have to be snappy uh, but now you have to be you have to make news digestible describe that journey yeah so so my so when I was in the Irish Independent I kind of went I was just a, a reporter so they amalgamated into independent news and media so you had the evening herald you had the irish independent independent.e sunday world all of them are kind of part of, of, of one conglomerate basically and so i started off as a reporter and anything anything i could i write could go to any of them or they could send me off anywhere to do anything and then actually they came up with this thing called the fast desk in, in independent.e and basically my sole job was if something happens i have to be the first one to get it up so and so i wasn't i wasn't writing anymore I kind of didn't have I I suffered from not having that opportunity to put myself into the writing or to kind of you know what I mean be a bit artistic with my language or anything like that because I had to just get that news six lines get it up on the internet so that we were the first to have it Mm. and then coming into news today then it's just the complete opposite yeah because I just have I have that bit of creativity and a a bit of time and also like we cover we cover all news on news today Mm. and we just make it digestible for children but like say 
my packages. So I so what we do is we go out to a, a school every single day. So either myself or my co-host Ashling would go out to a school. But that that news is is very rarely breaking news or serious news. Yeah. The ones that you're going out to schools, and it's just so lovely to be able to. It's just such a diff a different pace from the independent to be able to go out to a school. Like last week, I was covering kind of school. They had schools that had just done up their schools to look Christmassy, and you're just going. Say for example, last week I did one a school in Tipperary, Care Boys National School was, and they had um transformed their school into a winter wonderland because they had so many foreign national students and students of, whose parents are from uh originating different countries and who can't travel. So they say they transformed their school into this winter wonderland with all different languages and all the different celebrations of Christmas uh represented. And I was able to just go chat to them, learn about all these different cultures around Christmas and just come back and kind of put myself then into the package, be able to kind of be a bit artistic about what I do with my in my editing style and my script and things like that and have a bit of time to do that. Whereas in The Independent, it was literally just get that up online now kind of, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Like. Um, what is news now? Like not to put it on the, put you on the spot, but like you, is news the, the flash instant update or do you think there's more value in the experience of sitting down and talking to a pupil about uh, what whatever is um, the purpose of your story yeah so like new like yeah a lot of people would think of news what what it, what's the news that's happening right now and you'd say well brexit's coming towards the end of of the negotiation period you'd say covid-19 is crippling the crippling the world and blah blah, blah all the serious news. that is that is the most pressing news right now but at the same time, if if you then take my that that package I was just talking about, for example, in isolation, and you look at that in fifty years' time, what would that tell you? That would tell you that, well, first of all, it would tell you about COVID nineteen because obviously that's why they did one to Wonderland. But it would tell you that that's Ireland right now. It would give you a picture into Ireland. It would give you a picture into modern Ireland, the kind of uh, multicultural country that we are now. It would tell you kind of how. I tell you a lot of these kids are first generation as because I had in my supers son of I would tell you that there's a lot of immigration coming into Ireland do you know what I mean it would paint a picture of what Ireland is so for me news isn't just breaking news what's happening right now I think for for me news is just painting a picture of if if you look back in 30 40 50 years time and that paints a picture of what what that was in that moment I think that's what news is mm. that's lovely <laughs> Mark any thoughts? no that was great. Yeah. Uh, like, do you reckon then, this is, so I obviously don't know much about journalism at all, but is history sort of the going back and viewing the news of the that time? Is that what history is like? Do you know how like, history books or historians, they go back and read what the journalists from that period were documenting or... You're probably looking at that for like say the likes of Dermot Furter and modern history um from nineteen hundred to two thousand, but like a lot of history could be um actually like it well like it depends what era of history, but I definitely I well actually you I let you take over here, my help, but I definitely would say that um a lot of what is being created by journalists from say the eighteen seventies onward well, I don't know, eighteen fifties onwards has dictated or determine the direction of history what do you think no i think i think you're 100 percent. like uh, we live in a kind of unique period now in that everything that happens is documented documented on video mm. so when you're looking back in 100 years time unless there's some catastrophe which 
the way the world is going, you never know if there will be a hundred years time. But when you're looking back in a in a hundred years time at now, you won't need to read through the manuscripts or read through the old newspapers or anything like that to see what happened because you there will literally just be video footage of, of what is happening. But I think kind of the history as we know right now, what's in the history books is very much what journalists wrote at the time. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting when you look at kind of how, and I, I don't want to point any fingers here, but how bias some some media, especially say in, in the likes of America and things like that would be. And you can see like, it's I, I'm not going to defame anyone by saying this because it's so obvious when you have two newspapers who are saying polar opposite things mm. that it's so obvious that there has to be bias somewhere there. Mm. But it, it's interesting when you look back and you think about the history that, that we talk about, how much of that history was written by people who were biased. Do you know what mm. I mean? So say for example, if one of these big news organizations in America I won't name anyone, but if one of them was to write the history of now and in a hundred years you went back to look at that, that would probably be very different to what actually the present is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Like the Guardian and the Echo. <laughs> uh, but, but what you were saying about the, today's sort of uh, news being documented on video and stuff like that, it's going to be very hard to um, for it to be opinion based in the future when people look back on our videos because that's just the raw footage of what actually happened this is the, the like say snapchat videos facebook videos like that's what actually happened whereas when we look back at hieroglyphics we're like there's a picture of a man with a dog <laughs> drawn on his head that means that it rained on tuesday it's like we're completely making all this fucking shit up like but now when we're not going to be able to so history is going to be different i think i think a, a, a very good example just that i've thought of there now uh Pat myself on the back here. This is a very good example now. But I saw a video went out yesterday of these young lads who allegedly had thrown bottles at guards or something and they're being thrown off the dart. I'm not sure if you saw this video. And but if where the video was posted on Twitter, you had hundreds of hundreds of replies. Half of them were saying, Why did the guards rip? Because the young lad in the video can be seen saying, um, Am I being arrested? And the guard says, Yeah, and then he's pulled off the dart. And a lot of people are saying, Why did they why did they so aggressively pull these young lads off the dart? And then there's the other half of the comments are saying, uh, oh, well done to the guards, finally, you know, or not finally, but well done to the guards sorting these this problem out, scumbags, mm. they shouldn't be doing that, fair play to the guards. And I think like, like that's that's polarised history right there. And I know mm. that's, such, that's not going to be in history books in 100 years time, obviously, but that just shows that no matter what, the, the, there's going to be people on either sides of the argument. So like even when, even when videos are, kind of the history of, of the future mm. there'll still be people saying well that was they were right because of this and, and they were right because of that mm. but are we assuming that because we're consuming video like that now on Twitter that it would be somewhere there in the future for people to access I know like the RT archive we can put our bottom dollar on them being there because they will always be there for us with ringing in the years in the future but when it comes to Twitter I'm, I'm at a loss to think um, whether you know, we this content will remain there because there is just such a volume of it to, to, to make it digestible for future generations. Just one other little comment to just throw the cat among the pigeons. You know, um, I wonder if there were social media and we had the, those videos um, and accounts of day-to-day life, like, that we colour it with our current perceptions. So, and we will colour it with our future perceptions as well. Like if social media was a bigger thing in the Celtic Tiger days, we would have just taken it for granted on the day-to-day life. But then looking back and we're like, oh my gosh, we absolutely went wild, didn't we? You know, like... You're probably right. And even if you look back at like your own social media from back in the day, like you look back and think, why, like what was I doing there? Why did I put that picture up? Or like, why did I 
say that on Facebook. I'm I I'm not like that, am I? Yeah. But that's that's what it is, I suppose you do. And as you get older as well, your opinions on things change. But but that is the case. We probably will look back at a lot of the stuff that now we have very grounded opinions on, and and our opinion might be completely different. Isn't that beautiful though? That isn't that part of the human experience, like of that, the journey, the just taking it all in and washing our washing our hands <laughs> washing our our minds of of opinions because sometimes you know it, it, it's just unhealthy to hold on to something and covet it uh, so strongly yeah yeah it is and i often think like there's kind of like generational ideas about things and say for example uh, climate change for example a lot of older generations wouldn't believe so wholeheartedly in climate change as we do and if you looked at the if you looked at the statistics younger people believe a lot more that climate change is real than older generations and younger people are, are kind of are, are more eager to to change that and all and i often think like when i'm the older generation will i be like cuz you get more conservative as you get older that's what that's what history has shown us that's what kind of if if you look at demographics and statistics that's what it tells you. you you do get older you do get more conservative as you're older but i often think like how will i be like that i won't be like that when i'm older will i like i can't be but then history just tells me I will be like, like mm-hmm. I probably, when I'm, when I'm 60, 70 years old, some young lad will probably be looking at me and thinking, you can't really think that can you? Like, yeah. you can, how can that be your opinion? Yeah. And I probably will be that too. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that actually, that plays on my mind an awful lot. Like, will I, will I still be, like, I'm not extreme, I'm not like extreme, extremely left wing or anything like that, but will I still be progressive when I'm older? Will I, you know, will I still have these opinions, which I feel, would only change the world for the better. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or will young people be looking at me and thinking, how can you think, I don't know, what will it be? How can you think that you shouldn't be eating grass, you know, for three meals a day, every every day of the week? Because that's clearly going to save our world. How can you not, how can you not think that? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. or will I, yeah. I think that's inevitable. Because we, wa- I watched that reeling in the weird thing the other day and it was male chauvinism. Yeah. They were interviewed. Did you see that? No. No. You should follow uh, reeling in the weird on Instagram, but they were, they posted these videos from the RT archives of uh, male chauvinism. And this and was only just, from the 1990s, so just yeah, to add, no, yeah. yeah, it's not like like it was in color video and yeah. all. And these men like proudly standing there, Grafton Street, a rugby team. They were just standing there, like, yeah, I am a chauvinist. Like women belong in the house. Like, sure, I that's where she's supposed too, to yeah. be. Like, uh, it's just this. Yeah. Is, they're this coming is the, along, wanted their maternity leave. Yeah, and yeah, off, yeah like. that's exactly it. Like, I, they're like, oh, I love women. I think every house should have one. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, but that's ten years ago, and that was okay. They put this on fucking television, like, so. I'm how much of what it. we're saying is wrong? I'm, I'm sorry. sorry to break your heart, Mark, mm. but it was thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, oh, it's <laughs> mad to think about. 1990s, Jesus Christ, yeah. 10 years <laughs> ago. Seems like you know? ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. No, yeah, yeah, you're dead right, and that's what it is. Like, people would probably be looking at us and and thinking, like, how were you not paying your female athletes the same as your male athletes? Like, mm. what were you thinking? You're, you know, you were, yeah, chauvinistic pigs, like, and and that's yeah, that's what it, yeah, it pro- probably is. God, and then please. like when we were like grand when we we're like 70 like are our grandchildren going to be like born with blue hair and like they're <laughs> going to be have both genitals and like you're going to be like where's where's your vagina mark <laughs> granddad <laughs> well, see this guy came along and he put these chips in our brains and that's yeah, why you bill have gates. it bill gates that's why you have the two vaginas <laughs> Oh, oh, I love that this. Dude, that's what the vaccine will cause yeah. um, the growth of male vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> we were only talking about saying stupid. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Anyway, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, Michal, I want to let's let's give a bigger colour to the journalist of Michal Osconal. Um, I don't know why I'm making this gesture with my hands. Uh, you're going surfing next week. You like to go to charity shops. You went um, to Duncannon Beach and stayed in a car with your girlfriend. Like, come on, tell us more about that adventurous side of Michal Osconal. What do you see the world when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> do you know what it is actually, Michael? What I was saying to you there about just fearing getting old I, I fear that is genuinely my biggest fear I, I hate the thought of me being and even as I was saying there about worrying will I be conservative or not, I constantly think about wasting my youth constantly it it's constantly worries me and that's what it is like I just I'd much rather if, if I get if I get an idea like say going down to Duncannon Beach in Wexford and just going fishing and, and staying in the back of the van I can't that will consume me then because I will think if I don't do that then I will think well you've wasted that weekend that you could have made memories as a young lad because when you're 40 you won't be able to do that do you know what I mean and that's that's what constantly well the charity shop thing is just because I, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a deal I'm a bit mean like I'm a bit yeah, tight with my money but the uh, yeah <laughs> but no I just I just constantly I, I'm constantly in fear of wasting the time that I have to be young because I think once you get to a certain age, you have to stop acting. I often say to, to my to my lads, if I'm trying to get them to go do something, I'll say, come on, lads. Like, we have three years left of being able to be fucking idiots. Like, because once you get to a certain age, you can't be an idiot anymore. You ha- people start looking at you like, what's like what's wrong with that lad? Why is he acting like that? Mm-hmm. And and again, like, work constraints or, or, or other commitments will mean that you can't just feck off down, down the country for a weekend and go surfing and, and stay in the back of the van. And so I, I'm just kind of, and I am just obsessed with with not wanting to waste waste the time I have. Like it's it's a real worry. It is genuinely my biggest uh, my big my biggest worry is just that I waste the time I have. Honestly. Wow, there's a lot there, Michal. Um Like I agree with you to a certain extent because like you know the, the the youth is part of the playfulness. You know, it's going out, seizing the day, living the moment. Um, but at the same time. I, I'm of the view that we can we can hold our own authentic selves and be playful um, throughout life. It doesn't have to be... I don't know. I don't see life that... You are right about that. And actually, that goes back to... You were about to ask me, do I get my playfulness from my father? Mm. And yeah, I'd, I, just as you were saying there, he he's the most childish man I know. Mm. He Like, he's honestly so childish. The things he says are just... Like they're they're not even dad jokes, they're kid jokes, like, and <laughs> and yeah, and so so you are right about that. You can, you can still be childish, and you can still be very fun and jovial and light. That's kind of the the main thing is I think just be feeling light, like not being too burdened down by things, just feeling light. But but you can't you can't still hop hop in the van and just drive just take an ocean and just go somewhere. Like you can't do that when you're forty or fifty or sixty. When not it's age isn't the issue. It's the commitment, the commitments that come with age. There's often this thing. It's like it's what is it? It's it's wealth, time, and energy, and so when you're young, you have loads and loads of energy, and loads of time, but you have no money. And then when you're kind of in your in your twenty your your teens to your twenties, you have money and you have energy, but you have no time. And then when you're older, you have money and time, but you have no energy. Okay. And it's kind of and and I just feel that at the moment I'm in this period where I have money and energy and time. And I just don't want to waste that. Well, that's yeah. a, it's like uh, waiting until you retire to go traveling. You're like, oh, I'll yes. work until I have all this money. And yeah. then when I'm 70 and I can hardly fucking move, I'm going to go <laughs> skydiving and go travel across the desert and all this shit. Like, do yeah. it while you're young. Like. 
Exactly. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's beautiful perspective. Will we do a letter to the editor? Oh, a letter. Letters from to the editor. Letter to the editor. Uh, sorry. Choose Okay. So uh, if you just want it. One second there. Um, oh yeah, this is a similar one in Irish country living in the Farmer's <laughs> Journal there recently. Go on, Mark. Yeah. All right. So um, this comes from a young man who. Uh, Sorry, Miel, I don't know if you can read the writing on the page there. I'll just read this one I'm reading out. Uh, this comes from a young man who is in his mid-twenties. He has a girlfriend, but he says... His girlfriend has said it's either him or Call of Duty. He says he reckons he's going to make a living from this. He says he has 4,000 Twitch followers, brings in 200 a week at the minute. He says it's growing. His girlfriend says he spends too much time doing it, but she's going to leave him. He says he loves her, but he reckons he could actually make a career out of this and pursue with it. What we reckon the advice is here. Wow. That's very interesting. Can I just ask? Obviously, I won't ask names or anything. Is this person from Gory? Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I'll be now. I'll be driving in the van later, thinking, "Who could that be?" <laughs> but uh, how long has he been playing? How long has he been playing Call of Duty in this? Uh, he doesn't say, but I reckon it's probably been since like it'd have to be at least five years at it. I'd say to be this good, where people are paying to watch him play, or maybe he's just uh, you know because people talk over these videos, don't they, on Twitch? So maybe he's actually entertaining. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think she should just support support his dreams and aspirations. Yeah. Then yeah. again, it would it would be horrible if... Well, not horrible, but if your partner just wanted to sit there in front of a console all day and wouldn't be... To- isn't talking to you, just sitting there. But then, like, is it like a job? Does he go and do this and do his Twitch and then he does his eight hours and that's him done? Or is mm-hmm. he... These are the questions I need to, I need to answer. They're yeah, good questions. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you're joining us. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... I'm I'm torn. I think uh, what you kind of hinted at is I think they need to have a good heart-to-heart conversation about this uh, Call of Duty. Maybe she he needs to explain the concepts of the game to her because maybe she doesn't have uh, a good understanding of how promising a future he has in this Call of Duty um, future. Right, but it's, uh, on the other hand of that, like if you had a girlfriend and she was trying, like maybe if I explain all my makeup brushes to Michael, he'll understand why I spend all of my time doing makeup. It just make things worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I say go for it. Fuck it. I think go for <laughs> Why it. Why not? Like, I, think, I think if you're with someone who doesn't want you to let, doesn't want to let you explore the things you want to do in life, then you shouldn't be with that person. Exactly. And if she doesn't accept that, well then, she needs to hit the road. <laughs> hit the road. Yeah. So Doug Cannon is the very going for a trip. Doug Cannon is the very same as sitting down in front of the console <laughs> and telling the world about how you're blasting that fella's head off. I tell you what, I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for That's it. the way careers are going, though, aren't they? With the availability of online and stuff, that there are going to be more people actually make a living from gaming and YouTube and stuff like that. Oh, so, absolutely. Like. It's either that or something else. Like, and if he's yeah. successful at this, if he's good at video games, right, he's probably not good at real life skills. So he might as well just keep going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it mad though how, like, I I hope this, I don't know if it's related, but like generations, you know, the way we, we spoke on perspectives there, but like just in jobs, in terms of careers. So now, like, it's going online, of course, but like, even in terms of like your father worked with his hands all his life he's a plumber isn't he yeah. and now you're sitting on the desk job I'm the same pretty much a desk job um, Mark is um, going to continue with the fitness route but it's um, isn't that some contrast you know it's a, it's a luxury that we have isn't it that yeah oh, massively yeah but as Mark said there like it's it, the tide is just changing completely like when say 10, 15 years ago even because desk jobs you have to remember didn't, like offices weren't a big thing 30 years ago like desk jobs are relatively new as well but 
like if you look at that and I think COVID-19 when everyone was working from home and just realising how actually I don't need to be in the office I don't need to be trekking up to a dingy office five days a week and do you know what I mean work-life balance I could be working from home where I'm getting my break and I'm able to chat to my daughters or do you know what I mean yeah. but I think as Mark was saying there it's, it's every, the tide is just completely changing and that is like think, what you can do on your phone now is just massive like the amount I saw an article this week the Go House formerly the Goat House with those TikTokers who live in a house in, a mansion mm. in Dublin yeah. and they said people would be astounded by the amount of money we make and like they're, they're all they're doing and I do think I actually do think they get a bit of hard press because after reading the article I think they work very hard mm. but but everything they do is on their phone like they're mm. and same with that with Twitch like there's there's serious money to be made because it's what people want people mm. if people you can make money for what people are consuming and if people as we do sit on their phone for hours a day there's plenty of money to be made on that because that's the product people want to consume that's a lovely analogy there um, um, sorry, this one that I don't know if you've seen when you were up in the sitting room there's a young lad on the couch up there it's my cousin he has 25,000 followers on TikTok Jesus no, I'm not on TikTok so I don't know what he does I think he said he posts memes but like that's crazy so I don't know that I don't know if he mad. make money or not but he can he has the potential anyway yeah, for a platform to yeah. grow it yeah, yeah. Um, but it's mad that 25,000 people like We'll, the three of us probably no offence lads yeah, but yeah. we'll probably never do it oh uh, yeah I was just thinking I, I'm actually on a TV show that gets lots of views but do you know what I mean having 25,000 people looking at something you're doing mm. is absolutely bonkers like, like yeah. there's, there's never been a moment in my life where 25,000 people have seen something I've done yeah and he's doing that every day that's crazy isn't it you yeah. did a coliseum for that in the past like. yeah oh yeah Um, <laughs> I just I, I know that we're, we're going down a positive realm and that, that is I, I know all this is very true, but I can't help but think, do you remember the video you tagged me in during the week um, of the two, the couple, and we're just about to reach a million followers oh, on TikTok yeah. and they're breaking down in tears and your man yeah, going down on his knees. Oh, I can't believe this. Yeah. And, like, in some ways, but then what's the, is that not just a different version of celebrating a success, be it, a, I don't know, an it's Oscar but, or but something? Michael, if I was making, if I was able to make hundreds of thousands or millions for a one minute video I'd be breaking down mm. in tears as well like like that's huge it's like getting it's like getting a big promotion and work like do you know yeah. what I mean and yeah. I think I think we are this, this again is coming back to we're getting old like mm-hmm. I think we're old people begrudge what young people do like yeah. Yeah. and and <laughs> it's, it's what it's what old people have always done they begrudge <laughs> what young people and especially what young people are successful doing and that's yeah. all we're doing we're looking at these people and, and the creativity that, that they're expressing on, on this platform and we're just jealous because we can't do it. And now this is this is a bit of an exception here because you two lads are are creating things every. Do you know what I mean? Like you're mm. this but this podcast. Then again, there are crazy. older people that like we tell this to, and you know. Yeah. We're embarrassed you, to tell. I'm embarrassed to tell some of my older relatives like that I do this. Like, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, not like, embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah. They wouldn't understand it, so I would go into it. Like, what do you do? Talk about general stuff. General you know? stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what your man said. Yeah. But that's what it is. Like it's just it's just yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like to begrudge people who, who are successful on these apps because, and I do 100% look at it and I cringe and think, oh, oh I hate this. But it's only because I'm too old to understand it. Mm. It's the same as everything. It's the same as your, you know, your auntie who, when you went on, when you started on Instagram and your auntie was starting and she was posting and she didn't really know how to do it. That's mm. what we are now. We just don't really understand TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting old. A good time yeah. to say that Paper Tuesdays is going to go into this TikTok world with, uh, yeah, in a, in a small way anyway. But um, just to say, uh, Michal, um, 
you're extremely idealistic and it's a brilliant characteristic of yours. Um, you. I hope you retain it um, as you navigate the institution that is <laughs> RTE. What, 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 it, like, only a few people get to go in those beautiful gates in Donnybrook. Well, yeah, the gates. I think there are gates. And, um, <laughs> like, uh, it's um, it's a surreal experience. Can you can you describe RTE to the paper choosians? Yeah, so, well, it, it is a bit different now because it's the hustle and bustle, I think, of or, of RTE of old. Well, not oh, even yeah. of old, but it isn't quite there because a lot of people are still working from home and they're, mm. everything's socially distanced and things like that. But it is, uh, it's been resoundingly positive, Michael. I... Like when I started in the, in the independent, and I don't want to be kind of cast cast or do you know what I mean? I don't want to Castigate, be yeah. yeah. I don't want to be or putting the independent down or anything like that. But I I wasn't I wasn't overly happy in my time working in the independent, and as a result of my job, like I just it just high pressure came into work. There wasn't a whole lot of fun involved, but I I've just been resoundingly surprised by how positive it is in RT. Like I came into RT, the first thing they did was bring me the whole way through the newsroom. So this is kind of all of the, the 6-1 news, the 1 o'clock news, the morning Ireland on radio, 1 o'clock on radio, and introduced me to every single person in there. And every single person in there ha- has just been so nice and so welcoming. And I, I like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I was surprised, like, because RT does get a bad name. Uh, like, a lot of people give out about RT the whole time, but I was, I've been so surprised by just how welcoming and how positive, it's, it's an unbelievably positive place to work. Everyone is, everyone is really positive. Everyone likes their job. Everyone kind of is happy for you to be there and is happy to show, to kind of to show you the ropes in RT. Uh, so I, I have no complaints whatsoever mm. about RT now. And that's, and that's genuine. That's like, obviously I'm working there now, so I'm not going to come on and, and criticize the place, but that is wholeheartedly genuine. I, I do actually feel that. There's an Irish, Irishness behind it. Like, I suppose we like to bash things sometimes and like be it RT, but it's a part of our cultural life, you know, be it, you know, you might hate the late age show, but it is a staple of your Friday night that, you know, if there was nothing else on, you could do that, but you probably wouldn't. But, um, like, it, 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 I'm going to go narrow now. Um, you know the beeps that come on before the one o'clock news? Do you get a kick out of them? <laughs> I love them. Do you ever listen to hear them, Mark? No. No, you no, don't no, get I this experience. No. Well, before some RT news bulletins, they give the beeps and these indicate that, you know, this is the exact time before 10 o'clock and then at the end of the beeps, it's the RT news team tune and da, 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 and it's just powerful. It's it just, it, it's a transcendental experience, Mark. It uh, brings you to higher places. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel in some ways, Michael, that you're more invested in the world of media than I am. Like all of these things, like... Well, Oh, sorry. Go no, on. but like as in all of these things, kind of, I think you would feel closer at home to more so to the, even than I would. Like all of these kind of these staples of Irish media through the years, I think you you kind of associate yourself really strongly with. Well, yeah, it's just I love I don't listen to radio a lot now because of maybe podcasts and I like a bit of silence, but I love how <laughs> it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, you didn't even mean that to be a joke. I like it. Well, yeah, that's me. Yeah. But um, I love how it, you know, that story dictates the, like, radio is a huge part of my girlfriend's house and it's a traditional Irish family. And I love how something on Brendan O'Connor on a Saturday morning can dictate their conversation throughout the day. And there's something beautiful about that, you know, something that gives. 
rise from I, I, I don't know I'm, I'm full of imagery I don't know what it is about this Sunday morning that coffee I had but I'm I'm full of flowery language today but like it's beautiful how it it sets the tone of a lot of conversations and it has to has to strike the right balance of you know fearing the worst with the COVID but looking at the bright side and there's a flower and there's a bird and you know it has to has to has to help daily life in some way. And uh, the, sure, we see the likes of Joe Duffy, you know. And so you, Mark, radio as a whole, like, you know, it's mm. it's the beauty of engagement and be it a text, be it a phone call, oh, it's so bad, Joe. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> my dad's actually a, a mainstay on the on Joe Duffy. It's well, really he Oh, he's been on it so many times. No way. Uh, it's so embarrassing, but I love it I want, in, in one way, but... Uh, <laughs> what was that? Good man. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, your car, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so, what has your dad been on, Joe yeah, no, so, Well, in fairness, now it all started because this truck stop that was built next door sounds like a song. Oh the, yeah, the yeah. truck stop like that's literally. Last night I couldn't sleep because they were making announcements all night. That's how close it is. It's thirty meters from my bedroom door. Mm. But he was on, he was on uh, Joe Duffy the whole time about that. But then mm. he kind of got an appetite for it. So now he'll just go on. <laughs> and Joe, you see, Joe, he's Joe. Joe Duffy lives up the road or has a summer house up the road. Yeah. So he's Joe Duffy's plumber as well. And uh, <laughs> so I, t- I think that Joe Duffy half knows that my father will will kind of say something on the topic. So he'll ring him sometimes. He'll like genuinely the researchers will ring dad. Will they? Say, I don't know if you've seen this, but would you say anything about it? And dad sure's all, only all too happy to talk about it. But uh, <laughs> it's just so yeah. That is brilliant. It's just so funny because like the people that ring into Joe Duffy, like uh, a lot of the time, a lot of the time. And in fairness, like the amount of issues that are brought up on Joe Duffy, that then there's some kind of resolution to the issues and something is actually done about it. Like it's, mm. it's it, in terms of progression, it's actually, it's actually brilliant for Irish society. Mm. But like some of the things my father would be talking about and you're just like, oh, just get off the radio, will you, Dad? <laughs> That's brilliant. What, like what you're saying about things being resolved, like I was listening to it there during the week and there was a lady who found two, got, had two Christmas presents delivered to her house that weren't for her. But the note said to whoever and whoever from Nana, Joe and Grandad, Kevin or whatever. And she went on to Joe Duffy to try find who Nana and Grandad were like. And that's what that was used for, which is it's crazy to think that that's <laughs> in today's day, day and age. That's what the radio was used for. And here's me in the van in Arklow listening to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did they find the owners? I don't know if they did or not. I, that must have been after I finished. But like, <laughs> I, I love Joe Duffy and this is all it's all mannerism because... He can be seen as this sort of whingy, complaining, and all oh, it's so awful, but he has a real sense of humour about him as well. And if you actually pay attention to like his tonalities and stuff, he's a really sort of endearing character. I love listening to him. I think he's brilliant. And he knows like he knows exactly how to get the most out of whoever's on the show. Like, yeah. like yeah. Joe his Go on, go, go on. on, and it, oh, it's like Jesus, having a yeah. it's like having a conversation over a cup of tea with someone <laughs> and then they'll spill the beans then. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Pat Kenny not as much. Pat's more of like, Pat. uh, yeah. Pat's like talking to your teacher, I think. But uh, yeah, I actually think he's. I actually think he's really insightful. I actually think he's really good on radio. He's mm. he's very insightful and he delivers. I think he's better <laughs> better at delivering things on radio than he is a TV. Like better at delivering kind of news and even even his own opinions and things like that. I actually think he's. I actually think his his show's really good. His radio show. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm still getting flashbacks of the time. Remember when he was on about the hand sanitizer in the schools? So <laughs> <laughs> I take everything back. back so yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like that episode. But uh, do you remember Pat Kenny was on? Was it a late late show or something? And someone came up and was it hit my box or something? They called him a bollocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he came out an oar, didn't he? Yeah, he came out an oar. Excuse me. And, I Jesus. Said, and do you know what I seen the other day as well? Was uh, when Boyzone, for, was it Boyzone or oh, Westlife yeah. came on and started dancing? Yeah. 
Gay and, Byrne. Oh, that's and crazy. And their dress. It's yeah. Um, who else was on? Someone was on radio talking about Gay Byrne and the Late Late Show. And apparently, like, gay is, you know, we see gay as this nice sort of maybe granddad sort of figure to us. But apparently, it was, like, fairly by the book. And, you know, if you were, he'd call you on if you were wrong or you were late or stuff like this. He was a fairly fairly hard on you, like. Because the Late Late Show, apparently, was sort of his baby. He was actually a producer of it, I believe, as well oh, as being really? the presenter. So, yeah. yeah. If you fucked up, he let you know. It's like. lo- I think mm. it's the longest running TV show on Earth. Or it's the longest running chat show on Earth, I think. Fuck. Yeah. Which is mad, like. Yeah. An Irish TV show. There's how many countries? 200 odd countries in the world. I think Winning Streak holds a similar claim to fame. Longest running game show. But they stopped it briefly for some reason. But, like, Jenny. Winning streak, yeah. We must be. Is the BBC the only news network or the main news network in England or the UK? Yeah, it's the yeah. public. It's it's the equivalent of RT. Basically, they get they're publicly funded. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's only re, it's only America then would sort of have independent. There's no main. Yeah, well, we do, well, news uh, network. I don't, I actually don't know how it works in America, but we do have private news corporate news organizations here as well. Like you look at. Yeah, paper Tuesday. Paper Tuesday. <laughs> Support our Patreon. <laughs> I actually speaking of the Gory Guardian, I got. Do you remember when you were in school and Jerry Lacey being there? And you were front page of it there recently. I was, yeah. yeah. I loved that. They said Mihal Land's job as if like everyone in Gory knows who Mihal is. But anyway, <laughs> do you remember when you were in school and Jerry Lacey be going around and you'd be Jar Jar? Yeah, get a picture of us, Jar. Oh, I was walking to Gory yesterday shopping with Rachel. <laughs> And as a joke, like, Jar Lacey was walking by, I was like, Jar, get a picture! As a joke. And he turned around and goes, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think hopefully myself and Rachel will be in the paper now tomorrow. Oh, Tuesday. He's some man, brilliant. Uh, great. And the names, the, f- the names. <laughs> I was just thinking oh, of Brian uh, Fantana. Brian. Like, I'm slightly here <laughs> oh, now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Brian, how are you? I was Brian Fantana. Uh, oh, they were there, brilliant. Many people do that. Yeah, I think was it Melissa O'Connor said she was... Oh, yeah, Maggie Cash. Maggie Cash, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't Mr. Finn have to have to give out to us at one stage over that because there'd be paper there'd be a paper come out on a Tuesday and there'd be say 30 pictures of Gorgonie School and every single one of them would just have names like professional rugby players or like Brian <laughs> or just the most random names there on, was like, another incident I think where um, there was a photo of a, a certain year's awards group and people got in the photo that didn't get no there were repercussions for that there used to be great when 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 yeah when Jerry came into school lads it was hysteria yeah lads well man what a local legend as well though Jerry Lacey like everyone knows who Jerry Lacey is yeah everyone yeah I nearly hit my slitter there a few months ago yeah he was asleep at the wheel it was his fault well we're coming people now have had their Christmas dinner um would you recommend a climb of a hill or something now there we go that's interesting do you know what I recommend Michael what's that I recommend if you can get in the car. Get down the country and go see a part of Ireland that you haven't seen before. There's Beautiful. my recommendation. Because Beautiful. do you know what? It's a long drive, but it's it's a four or five it's a it's a five and a half hour drive to any point in Ireland you want. Mm. And once you're there, you're there for two days and then you have to drive back. And you're seeing some beautiful, absolutely the things you'll see in Ireland you wouldn't even believe like until you've seen it. There's yeah. some astounding places in Ireland that you wouldn't believe. And I mm. just think get in your car and just go and do it. Go exploring. Yeah, there you go. I love that. That's that's, that's beautiful. That's on point. That's chef's kiss, as Bree Brown would say. <laughs> uh, shout out, uh, while Mark is off, uh, shout out to our um, loyal Patreon supporters. We have in the top flight, we have Gavin Stamp and Alex Murphy. And then supporting us, the Corral of producers, Breed Brown, John O'Hallinan, uh, Thomas O'Neill, Connor Kinsella, uh, Avine Halpin. And we also have uh, the support of... Um, the ghost that just came in the door there. <laughs> yes, as well as Shane Halpin and Brendan Halpin. If I forgot... or. 
uh, Michael Halpin if you've forgotten someone please do excuse me and you can also go on to our paper chooses Patreon and all that um, oh yeah oh a horoscope for your Michal let me oh, think yes. we approach the winter solstice Michal and that of course brings new avenues of growth with the moon phase Um Please do bear in mind, though, that Mercury will soon collide with Pluto and that you may have to rush back to Donnybrook to complete some last minute work. But never fear. It's all good because uh, the new moon is going to assist you strongly. And then, you know, the ascendant phase of Jupiter will bring your romance into a new fullness of life as you approach this Christmas and festive season. Uh, but make sure that you feed your dog because the dog is getting a bit hungry nowadays. <laughs> And uh, just be remember to bring out the Mercury uh, collision into Sagittarius and uh, harness the idealistic side of your life as you approach this new year with a new zest for life. And of course, um, the rise of Capricorn in your stars will also assist you. What star sign were you again? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask me and then you just started. <laughs> uh, Taurus. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, actually, I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing the production of this because I am a fan of the podcast and I can't believe that you just make that up on the spot. Yeah, I'm sure that that would, that would have been written down. You're very good at it. Wasn't it no, but now yeah. we just, we go at the moment. That's yeah. what we're all about here on Paper Chooses. Yeah. Um, what would we you know what uh, topic would you like for your best 30 seconds I actually don't know what's the what's the record at the moment uh, oh, oh 28 uh, is it Jai Quigley soared to the top there with 28 28, 28. Yeah. see I don't know I'm not an expert oh, in anything um, <laughs> uh, Cork hurlers rugby players RTE um, people RTE people um, I'll go uh, I'll go Um. Give me, give me, um, Monster Rugby. Monster Rugby. All right, Michael. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, so does this have to be people now, or can I just go anything Monster Rugby? Uh, well, like, do you mean because it could be anything Monster Rugby, I suppose. Okay. Okay. I think okay. I'm trying to cheat here, but now, but. <laughs> Michal, Monster Rugby is your topic. Are you ready? Three, yes. two, one, go. Rook, mall, scrum, pass, kick, line out, uh, tackle, Anthony Foley. Marcus Horn, Jerry Flannery, Paul O'Connell, Dunico Callahan, Alan Quinlan, uh, Dennis Leamy, Peter Stringer, Ron O'Gara, uh, Dougie Howlett, uh, Maffy Topoki, um, oh, Craig Casey, Gavin Coombs, uh, Peter O'Mahony, uh, <laughs> Tomond, uh, Musgrave, Five seconds. Uh, Gary Owen, um, oh, Bruff, po- uh, John Hayes. Oh, I couldn't I get one in. to conclude. I didn't get it in. Uh, John Hayes was in there, it's a- Five. No, that's a strong second. It's a second, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you bet the monk. The monk is. I wanted to go it's top. Gonna be tragic. Yeah, it's gonna be tragic for I'll him. I'll take it, but I wanted that, to go top. You want, yeah. Well, aim for the twenty-eight top. is good, though. Jeez, that's nearly one it's, second. Amazing, it was yeah. sensational, really. Yeah, but twenty-five is solid. Held twenty at the top for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Michal, it's been a pleasure to trash it out over these microphones, and uh, thanks for having me. All, all the best yeah. for twenty twenty-one. And many happy yeah. returns. Thank you, Mia. That was class. Thanks, lads. <laughs> Cheers.